1: Hello and a warm welcome from Morangaroo Studios. This is The Call, 10 stocks picked by you, two experts, one hour. I'm Daniela Kouye and I'll be hosting The Call today. So let's introduce our first two experts that are joining me in the studio. I have Michael Gable from Fairmont Equities. Hi, Michael. Thank How you. are
0: you? Good, thanks.
1: Good, and Brody Harold from Macro Capital. Hi, Brody. Afternoon. Yes yeah, so I thought we'd just quickly check on and gather what uh, our two experts are thinking about the markets and the markets really are, are looking for some direction here Michael what's your view is it mm. looking to either break out or break down
0: <laughs> um, look I mean the 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 view of almost everyone at the moment is we you know we have a recession later this year it's uh, apparently inevitable um, you know, there's a lot wrong with the world. Inflation, um, interest rates maybe not getting cut later on, earnings falling off the cliff. Um, look, that's the consensus view. And I think we need to be mindful of that actually not happening. So, um, you know, the narrative is very negative, but the price action on the market to me still looks pretty good. So, you know, I'd rather go with the price action. I'm actually quite optimistic in the market um, you know I think yeah I think our market looks like it can, can, can you know continue to head higher so okay um, so you're, you
1: are know, following the yeah, market look, I'm, action. I'm quite
0: optimistic for the time being look I'm, I may well change change my mind but you know very interesting when you know there was a survey out this morning um, fund manager survey out in in the US and just the 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 level of um, uh, you know, investment in bonds compared to equities the highest since March two thousand and nine, and we know that was the the bottom of the GFC. Everyone, again, everyone's expecting a recession. So, I think it's worth just considering the contrarian um, possibilities um, that you know, some of this money may well need to get into the market yep. if, if things actually work out a bit better than what everyone's expecting.
1: Yeah, couldn't agree more. I always cast back to my memory, and of course, that's very fallible. But I can't remember a time where there's been this huge divergence between the macro and what the market now. I'm sure there are many instances. But Brody, what are you guys thinking?
2: Happy to ride the, the momentum in the interim, um, I think there's something that we're very carefully looking at, that's reporting season over in the US as well, um, that can throw a bit of a, a spanner in the works, but look, we've had the sort of banks come in, they've actually reported relatively well, um, we're going to go and continue to sort of monitor probably those big tech names, they'll come through sort of a little bit this week, but sort of most of the big names next week as well. So. I think domestically, um, there's nothing sort of particularly on the horizon. Obviously, we have RBA Governor Lowe speaking sort of at the moment mm-hmm. as well. So I think if the RBA sort of raise uh, rates in their next meeting, that could throw or take a bit of steam out of the market. But I think for the moment, we're doing all right. I think expectations are set pretty low at the moment over in the US. Mm. So if those reports continue to sort of beat expectations, ride the momentum for the shorter term.
1: Yep, fair enough. We'll have to see how Tesla does actually when the market opens, because at the moment that one's trading down. Anyway, let's move on to the first five uh, stock picks for the day. We have GQG Partners, Index, Leo Lithium, Magnus Energy Technologies and Melbana Energy. However, we are going to talk cars today. I just couldn't help myself. It's been a bit of a Tesla day, and Michael, you had a piece mm. out uh, that I saw about car sales. So we've made yeah. car sales stock of the day. It's done incredibly well. I mean, it really mm. has been a great performer, and they had another equity issue from memory. Yep. Yeah, acquisition or buying out the minorities. But um, you're quite. Are you quite bullish on this stock at the moment? Um
0: look I am fairly neutral on it um, so the piece um, the piece that we had out earlier this week was just an updated charting commentary um, because I just found look it is it is trading in a in a very interesting manner uh, from a charting point of view there is there does seem to be a range happening here where it is converging so there seems to be um, as we could see a, a resistance level here just above twenty three dollars and we could see that the low points since uh, mid last year, have been getting higher and higher. So look, that's a good sign. Um, but you know, I prefer to, to see an upside break. What can cause that? Look, in terms of what's been happening with car sales, as you mentioned, Danielle, they they did raise some money earlier on um, in the year to to fund an acquisition, pay down some debt because they have been on the um, on the acquisition spree recently. Um, Look, you know, it's a very well-run business. They're getting their house in order. That's that's on the positive side. Um, on the negative side of the ledger, we have seen car sales in terms of the sale mm. of, of cars, those figures. Um, they have been dropping, not only in Australia, but in the US as well, which is now where car sales is based. So again, if we think that, okay, spending is going to taper off for a while, um, it doesn't necessarily have to crash through the floor. But, you know, for everyone bought up, um you know, spent spent all their money on new cars over the last couple of years to spend their stimulus checks and now they need to tighten their belts. We may see demand drop off um, for a period of time. So that might work against car sales and, and you alluded to the the Tesla um, earnings mm-hmm. overnight. so, yeah, look, there's there's positive aspects, negative aspects. So kind I'd have, of a to hold? S- I have to say I'm sitting on the fence with this. Yeah, it's a hold. Unless we get a break above twenty-three, then you might have some of that short-term momentum. But um, from where I'm sitting at the moment, I think
2: it's just a hold.
1: A hold. But a quality company. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Brody,
2: what um, are you thinking? Yeah, I like the the fact they're sort of continuing the growth with that acquisition. So the acquisition was just a bit of a, a top-up of the company. Uh, Web Motors, which is actually sort of based in Brazil. Um, So I think they had around about a 30% stake in the company, um, capital raising to pick up another 40% of the company as well. So, I mean, if you look at the market over there in Brazil, I think it's about the fifth largest Mm. car market in the world. Mm. So um, look, if you're going to, to grow into a particular area, that's a really good place to start as well. And they paid a pretty good price to do that. Um, I think if you look at the sort of shorter term for the company, um, we are seeing sort of private used car sales listings actually increase. So hopefully that should be able to sort of support their revenues whilst they're, you know, going into Brazil, trying to sort of grow that overseas footprint as well. So look, I'm not going out and buying it at the moment. Um, We already had sort of bond yields come back from where they are at the moment. That's sort of any tech exposure has done really well off the back of that, so Pretty had a recent rally, um, not going out and buying it straight away, happy to hold, Um, it's going to be a really good company, it'll stay stable in your portfolio, accumulated if you get a market pullback or the share price pulls off from from here.
1: Yeah, so maybe one if we do have a sell off that people could either start a position in or or add to or something.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Just accumulate when you can, when you think the time's right, look, it's a good company, um, the important thing with these sort of growth companies right is that they need to keep growing at the end of the day usually they get to a certain size and that becomes very difficult for them to do but car sales they're doing all the right things they're sort of ticking boxes they're not overpaying to do so so they're not really sort of forcing it either um, so I think it's it's a good job by the management.
1: Okay so that's kind of a hold at the moment? That's a hold. That's a hold yes. oh dear. My my bad today. Picked a stock that gave two holds. Hey-ho, I'm going to have to work on that one going forward. Let's move to the first uh, viewer stock pick of the day, uh, and it's from Lark, and it's GQG Partners, which is the fund manager. Brody, I might start with you on this one. How are you seeing this stock?
2: It's a pretty recent listing. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah.
2: Interesting that it's actually listed on the ASX, given that... You know all their funds are you know based over in the us as well i think they i was reading a little bit about it i think most of their key clients are actually australian super funds so that was the reasoning to potentially be sort of closer to their clientele basis um domestically as we all well know the funds have been struggling um particularly if they're long only if they're not this sort of hedge fund setup, you know they can't sort of short in those volatile markets but I mean, if you look through GQG's funds performance, it's actually been very, very strong, which mm. is positive to see. I think they've outperformed nearly every sort of reporting season since they actually listed on the exchange as well. So, look, you'd think the actual asset manager is doing well. Share price probably hasn't reflected that. I think the all-time highs are, are pretty much close to where the listing was. Um, but look, if you're looking at it now, because it is at a cheap, uh, cheap price, Look, I see a couple of risks. A lot of their funds are overweight in that tech sector. Right. It's not necessarily a bad thing, right? But the performance will be quite exposed yeah. to if on if yield changes, mm. pullback in the markets, that's where they're overweight at the moment. And, you know, their assets, like any other um, asset manager, are the employees. They can leave pretty easy, particularly if they're they doing a good job and they can get paid elsewhere as well. So that's an issue that we've seen affect some of those other co- uh, companies in the space. I think if you're in the stock, hold it. Absolutely, um, they've been doing really good. Obviously, they're clipping the the, the supermarket, as, <laughs> as we should say, which is sort of growing on a year year basis. Oh, I love that. Basis. That's
1: our first joke of the day. Yeah, clipping the supermarket. <laughs>
2: um, so their fund growth has been really, really good in that respect. Obviously, they should be getting some more management fees from that. Um, but I mean, if you're looking at that, maybe go have a look at their funds. It's not personally my mm. uh, yeah where I'd be looking to invest my money, but. Have a look at their funds if you are a bit more of a passive investor because they've been outperforming the stock quite right. considerably. Yeah.
1: Fair, fair enough. I'm just looking at the consensus. It doesn't seem that expensive, but I do know that asset managers, fund managers are not particularly expensive at the moment. Looks like a decent prospective yield, I'm getting around 9%. Um, I think the owner has quite a lot of stock, so maybe the volumes haven't been as mm. robust. Do you like it, Michael?
0: Um, it's interesting. Brody noticed they listed what looked like the top of the market. I sort of <laughs> noticed that as well. So maybe that's a positive in terms of their their abilities, like the uh, the private equity players who get that asset out at the top of the market um, and get the best price. Um, look, I I don't see anything compelling about it. To be honest, it's you know, fund manager. It's. I mean looking at the performance of the share price it's it's not doing anything too different to you know the s p 500 really so to me it's it's too early to say well this should do better than either being in individual stocks which of course is my preference yeah. or just putting your money in a um, in an s p 500 etf so yeah at the moment i don't see anything compelling enough to to take that risk uh, and brody covered the rest of it you know. So, well, so,
1: is it is it a hold or are you going to sort of say an avoid uh, or a sell or?
0: I'd, I'd say a sell and put it into individual stocks. So I think um, you know today's a classic classic example in our market. So the market is pretty flat, mm. but you've got the banks up and the resources down. Yesterday it was resources <laughs> up, banks down. So we're going through this churn. I think if you, yeah, if you stay in something like this that that that's got its finger in every pie it'll just go sideways for a while but I think you know especially in our market there's there's diverging opportunities and you know if you want to outperform uh, I think you can pick up individual stocks and outperform than uh, being something like this which as we could see that the chart was up earlier it's gone absolutely nowhere no over the course yeah. of the
1: year. Yeah I think it's um Pretty uniform across the asset managers, isn't it? They've really been yeah. in, in in a lot of pressure in yeah, f- a very. Yeah, in fairness to
0: them, yeah, it's, it's 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 happening in the Yeah, whole
1: fund outflows, etc. Okay, maybe we can find some uh, lo- love for our second stock pick of the day, which is Index by Stan. Okay, a mining services or mining sector contractor, Brody. Do you like the sector? Do you like Index?
2: It's an interesting company. Um, I do actually quite like the company at the moment. So what they're doing a lot of of services, um, analytics and reporting software, you know, a a lot of their customers are realistically these junior explorers. So you'd think if you're a junior explorer going out there, you'd be spending quite a bit of money on the actual services, the software behind it, because you need to get the best results um, to push out to the market as well. So I was having a look through their report, um, very positive result. They're sitting on plenty of cash. I think I looked at sort of MPAT, EBITDA, and all their margins were all up above the sort of twenty percent mark. So really positive uh, steps from the company, and they're going with the exploration trends at the moment because that's very much sort of got some tailwinds as of late. Um, so they're not really directly affected by the underlying commodity prices, which is an extra sort of benefit yeah. for them. Um, so, a really good company but uh, I do see a bit of a problem down the track because their customers are these explorers, mm. look the problem is going to be is you know, money's but getting harder to get a hold of.
1: <laughs> they right? run out of cash flow. <laughs> yeah,
2: well that's exactly right. So, we're starting to see a lot of raisings coming through for these companies. It's getting harder and harder yeah. for them to raise in the first place. You know, you're starting to see with these corporate deals, they're offering out sort of options, um, additional benefits if you do sort of go along and, mm. and actually pick up their stock as well. So. That market is slightly getting squeezed. It's slightly harder for these junior miners to raise money. And well, if the junior are, yeah, are not made, uh, getting that money in the first place, then you know they can't pay a company like Index in the first place. So look, I, I actually think at the moment, that's probably a risk for a little bit further down the track. I think momentum's in your favor at the moment. I'm happy to buy a very small allocation where we stand, go with the momentum while we can. Um, just be very aware of those risks down the track. Um, And yeah, look, if you start to see those pop up, I'd be looking for an exit sooner rather than later. Don't need to hold on to this one for too long.
1: Okay, so riding the momentum in the short term, but keep an eye out on things.
2: Keep an eye out, yes.
1: (laughs) Which we should always do. Michael, Mm. do you have a similar buy thought? Are we going to get our first double buy of the day?
2: Um,
0: I feel like I should give you something, but... um,
1: (laughs) Maybe not a buy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, look, ultimately a hold. Um, Right the look they're in the right area at the right time. I'm you know very you know I'm, I'm bullish the resources sector I think there's there's further upside um, in that sector, higher prices so they're in the right area in the right part of the cycle. the chart looks like it does have um, further upside at least in the short term. Um, obviously on the negative side it's quite it is quite a capital intensive business and I guess because I think commodity prices will head higher, I mean, it's great, they'll have some business, but as the the service provider, if I compare index to the guys actually digging the stuff out of the ground and mm. selling it, they're the ones who are going to make all the money mm. um, in terms of the margins. So it's not that it's, I don't like the business and it's the wrong time. I'd say that it's, um, if I had to compare it to the miners themselves, I'd rather be, in the miners, but I guess if we were after a, um, a services company, then yeah, look at the moment it's it's ticking the boxes, and look we could even call it a buy if we're looking at a, you know, the caveat being if we're as looking for a mining sector. services company, yeah. yeah, it looks like a buy. But if I was running out of stocks to buy, um, I wouldn't just, I'd, I'd pick a mining company over right. the mining okay. services. So. Okay, but look, Fair yeah, enough. as I say, there's there's a number of positives there to say it's it, it's a buy for that sector.
1: Okay. Okay, so picking a minor over the services. Do you want to give us a minor?
0: Oh, where do we start? Um, Okay, we'll forget that one (laughs) because it's not
1: fair. I haven't given Brody the opportunity either. Instead, we'll move on to our third stock of the day, which has been picked by Mahal, and it is Leo Lithium. And I was saying off camera that we really are having a EV Lithium uh, you know, critical minerals, metals type of day with the uh, secular theme there. So, does Leo Lithium light your fire, Brody?
2: Yeah, quite a few explorers today, so <laughs> we'll have to uh, get into it. No, so this one's pretty recent listing again. Look, spin off of Firefinch's sort of Marley Lithium project. So, Look, it's a big project. Um, I think they're sitting at around about a a 500 mil market cap at the moment. And with their current uh, timeline, they should project to sort of go online in 2024. So in terms of an exploration project, it's it's quite a mature one. Um, They've gone out, funding secured, for a total of uh, 194 million. So they've got quite a lot in the bank. That's US as well. Um, And they've got partnerships set up with the Mali government already and some Chinese lithium producers as well. That being said, look, there's a lot of exciting projects around in the market. It's kind of one of those things. How do you uh, pick one or the other? Um, there's always going to be another story. Um, there's always plenty of people with drills in the ground as well. So, there's a lot of risks that could get in the way. Um, if their timeline sort of states that they're looking around the twenty twenty four period, um, look, geopolitical risks could come into mm. yeah come into play with that a range of things could happen um, that just makes it very risky to hold in the interim as well. So, I mean, for us, I mean, if you're looking in the lithium space, look, you'd want to be taking advantage of the guys that are already producing. Yeah. Because at the moment, the the pricing is so, so good for them, right? They can fund their expansions through their own cash sitting on huge amounts of cash at the moment mm. um, after taking advantage of that yeah the pricing over the couple of years as well because look I don't know what the lithium market's going to look like in 2024 there's a lot of players coming into the field drills in the ground at the moment as well so you know, whether it get the supply gets greater and greater, that obviously reduces the demand across there as well. So it could be a player down the track, I'm going to keep my money in the producers, mm-hmm. go out, buy Pilbara, um, oh, and be much more comfortable yeah. with holding yeah. it for the interim. Yeah. 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 So
1: this one, would it be kind of, if you if you hold it, would you keep holding it or were you just to sell
2: it or...? Look, and I'll, I'll touch on it a little bit later because we're, we're yeah. speaking about quite a few of these yeah. companies. Yeah. It's interesting to look at the appendix Five uh, B, yeah. which basically gives you an indication of how much cash they have,
1: yeah. How long till they running. need to, yeah, you know, money. run out of
2: cash, re raise So look, these guys have got a pretty long sort of timeline. Um, realistically, plenty of cash in the bank. You know, they've got the partnerships. I think if you're really interested in it. You know, maybe as a speculation, you can definitely hold this. It's it's not my kettle of fish though. Yeah, um, I'm not going to hold it. Probably okay. get a sell and and rotate into a, a producer.
1: Fair enough. And interestingly enough, um, Elon Musk today in the earnings call yet again, literally pleading with everybody. Mm. Like lithium is very abundant. It's the processing that we need, and uh, that really goes to your point. I think really well. You know, lots of holes in the ground. Mm. Comes cash flow, but ultimately you want the producers. But anyway, do you like Leo Lithium, Michael?
0: Um, no, look, I agree with Brody again on on this one, and in, in terms of all his key points. So, um, I do like the producers at, at this point in time. I mean, a few weeks ago we were getting back into you know, PLS, Cam Min, um, IGO, etc. Um, but I think we're still at that. That phase where um, these guys drilling holes and not making money, especially in Africa, mm-hmm. the the appetite isn't there. I don't think to see the share price recover much. It's not like it's twenty twenty one again, where you just just grab whatever you can get your hands on. Um, we just don't have that environment. That might return maybe later in the year if, if growth seems to be picking up and the whole inflation things out of the way and, and you know, etc. But um, we're not at that that stage yet. So. Um, look short term looking at the chart yeah I'd hold it as a you know maybe you get a move above 60 cents and um, and you can make a you know, bit of a trade out of it but um, yeah I just think we're at the wrong stage for the money's just not not going to flow into into these stocks at, at this point in time but, but yeah. the producers and we could see the way they're trading okay they're down three percent today but yeah um, if you have a look at at the way they've moved in the past couple of weeks, especially on the back of the, the Lion Town offer. I mean, there was mm. a bit of selling after that, bit of profit taking, but mm. there's been a lot of good um, good buying and on good volumes coming back in the last few days. So I can see those stocks recovering. Um, this one might go with it for a couple of days, but then I just don't see it being sustained.
1: Yeah, so really, it's a it's stock that needs the weight of money to drive it forwards, and you know we've had that little bit of you know mm. frenzy last year. So yeah. a, a sell from you? a you know, like
0: uh, hold for now because short term okay. there's there's a bit of momentum, but I would be looking to sell.
1: Fair at enough. Some point. Okay. We can't stay away from the lithium EV space and uh, our fourth stock is Magnus Energy Technologies, picked by Frink. And I must admit, I knew nothing about this stock. Um, So it is a lithium battery company, I believe, and it's about about a $230 million market cap. So uh, so let's swap over. Michael, Mm. would you be looking at this one?
0: No. Um, (laughs) Similar story. So they're, you know, they're not making money. Um, so it looks like they're trying to. Yeah, look, I wasn't overly familiar with this one either. So they're trying to produce um, lithium batteries in in New York, in you know, using green methods. Um, so it all sounds very, uh, you know, fashionable at the moment. But at the end of the day, oh, look, and they've signed some offtake agreements with. I think I think Tesla was was one of the
1: right oh, the okay. customers
0: for this one. I'll have to double check that. Don't quote me, but no. Um, yeah, look, they're still raising money, they're still losing money. Um, but what's very telling, again, as someone who looks at charts, um, when they did announce this off agreement at the end of February, um, you know, the share price shot up, but by the end of the day, it was sold off. Um, and then, you know, from 40-something cents, it's then halved again. So, again, that just sort of highlights that point I made earlier about it's the wrong part mm. of the market and cycle to be getting too excited about these because the appetite isn't there. We've gone from, you know, in 2021, one of these companies makes an announcement, it jumps up 10%, Mm, you mm. buy it by the end of the day, it's up 30%, it's got a few more days in it. In this market, if it runs up into a news announcement and jumps, you sell into that
2: that announcement
0: because I think nine times out of 10, everyone's just taking whatever they can off the table. Um, Again, look, they might might end up being a great company, but there's just no appetite at the moment. Um, and I think the money flow could, look it's in a horrible downtrend, it may well get cheaper before it before it <laughs> improves. So again, that's that's losing money, probably going to continue sliding, yet we've got lithium producers that yeah. are, are going up at the moment. So at this point in time, that's where you want to be, not, not in these ones. Keep them on your watch list. Um, when the tide turns but for the moment you'll just be, I think it's too early.
1: Yeah it's really a cash flow story at the moment isn't it in our market because higher interest rates, higher cost of funding, potentially credit becoming you know more difficult to secure so loss making companies don't feel the love. Having said that we never know Brody, you might like Magnus Energy Technologies.
2: I'll have to try and keep it interesting at some point, but I think, look, yeah, similar points um, and we'll probably make similar points throughout the show as well. Um, I think with Magnus, look, their main focus is on graphite, Mm -hmm. which is probably the less less loved mineral of the EV trend, I guess you could say. Um, So yeah, just a little bit more was that offtake agreement with Tesla. Um, So it sounds very good on on, uh, paper as well, but... I mean, you get an off-take agreement, right? You need to do quite a few things between then and getting paid at mm. the end of the day. So you need to produce on time. You need to produce the amount of quality, um, the quantity required as well. So you know, for a company that's probably on the early stages of their life, that's uh, a lot for them to look forward to. And there's a lot of things that can get in the way of that as well. So down 50% since that came out, you know, pitched as a great result, but the share price doesn't show um, the other thing that they needed to do on the back of that agreement is actually set up shop over in US as well. So I think they're still needing to secure a US site and that requires money. So they had to go off and uh, raise more capital. So I think they ended up getting a uh, $25 million facility to to do that as well. So. I think the off-take agreements are great, but yeah, in this type of market, it's people selling into that news. Too much blue sky. Yeah, well, Mm. that's exactly right. Mm. And there's so many risks involved between then and now um, that you really can't predict how the company's going to perform over that space as well. So, you know, the management's going to have to be pretty flawless, I think, to execute on all the agreements they've made. So for me... Yeah, I'm just going to have to avoid that one. Okay.
1: An an avoid there from Brody and Michael, just confirming an avoid for you as well. Okay. And dare I say, um, if if someone held it, would they take the loss at this stage? Or, okay, so. Agree. Okay. Sorry, that's a sell. We have a double sell. Anyway, that happens, that shares, that's the market. Let's move on to our fifth stock, which is Melbana Energy, picked by Pete. And we have another exploration company, this time oil and gas, about a 208 market, uh, 208 million market cap. So in the smaller end of the spectrum, Michael, mm. I think I know what you're gonna say, but
0: yeah. tell us. Well, it's you know it's the ones that uh, John West <laughs> rejects um, you know obviously look without being flippant I mean you, you know it's also about crossing ones off your list so yeah absolutely you know this this is very important that, that we're doing that I know it's not exciting but um, you know you could end up with you know five tips uh, you know five great stocks um, from from Osbys but then you decide to buy something like this that that loses 80% of its value and you you just haven't made any progress. So just avoiding these disasters mm. Mm. Is, is hugely important Absolutely. Um, for, for the portfolio. And look, I mean, if we look back, um, look, I have to admit, I've traded this one before myself, but but over a year ago, it's done. It's had some great moves, but again, we're at the wrong part of the cycle. I mean, at the start of 2022, it went from two cents to to 20 cents, but now it's back to six cents. So if you were picking it up at twenty cents, you've, you've done done a lot of your dough. Um, so obviously, it's still still in a downtrend, not trading very well. Oil and gas exploration. So again, we're talking exploration. They're not making money. The market doesn't like anyone that's not making money when interest rates are above zero. Um, they're not yet producing in Australia, but clearly the environment at the moment in Australia is not not very positive for the oil and gas. Look, I'm mm. bullish energy. Mm. Um, but you know, I'm holding producers, and I've yeah, the looking boys. The producers clearly, you know, you, you pick up the newspaper every day, and and there's a new hurdle for for anybody that's producing uh, LNG or, or gas in Australia. Let alone someone who isn't at mm. that stage yet, and they're wanting to to go out there and drill holes and and bring something to production in this political environment. It's uh, um, yeah, look, I think it's again a bit too early. Um, yeah, I just think you're buying something that's... Uh, yeah, it'd be nice to pick something up when everyone's negative and, and you, you're picking the turning point, but it just doesn't look like... Um, so if I, if I saw the share price really started to, to move higher on, on good volume and there was clearly some smart money coming in despite the headlines, that's one thing, but um, no, it, it is still falling. Anytime there's an announcement, it, it, it gets sold into. So it's
2: still too early for these ones. Sell?
1: Yep. Sell. Okay. Brody?
2: We'll try and make it a bit more interesting because this one's a difficult one. Again, drills in the ground, need a binding background to get through it. Um, so what I was mentioning before, because look, we're looking at a few of those mining exploration companies, and it probably applies to you know not just miners, but any loss makers. So. Yeah, the really interesting thing, go on and check their Appendix 5B, you'll probably find that at the end of <laughs> their like quarterly. You like
1: your appendices, don't
2: well, you? <laughs> yeah, particularly with these companies, right? Yeah, it's you very important. Got, you yeah. haven't got a ratio to go off, right? Yeah, when it comes absolutely. to the valuation. So realistically, you're betting on something potentially happening. Yeah. There's risk involved in that anytime. So you know you're speculating to some extent. Now, if you are going to speculate, at least do the the safest way of speculation, right? So, with these particular companies, what you want to be checking in that Appendix 5B is their cash burn. Um, It actually should have a statement down the bottom that shows, you know, how many quarters Hmm. of funding they actually have remaining. So if you go onto the back of that, you see they have one quarter remaining oh. worth of funding, you can probably make the assumption that-
1: oh, There's a raising coming. There's anytime, a raising so. coming, yeah, yeah.
2: They're gonna have to get money somehow, um, otherwise the operation's just not gonna go as well. So um, that's a really good place to check, um, particularly if you're looking at these types of companies as well. The longer the runway, the better. Um, not just for miners, but any loss makers. Mm. There's quite a few in the, the Aussie market as well. Um, so looking at this one in particular, Melbourne, their cash burn's okay. Um, according to the Appendix 5B, they have around seven and a half quarters of funding left. So only about two years um, left on the clock, uh, meaning they probably won't have to re-rise capital for a while. Um, I think you actually had the CEO on the show not too long ago um, who was saying that they were just being quite conservative in that uh, cash burn as well. Yeah a bit of a difficult report to get through. I really think you need that sort of mining background when you're looking at those valuations but look if you like the project at least with this one there's a pretty decent runway for them to produce something. Now you know don't sort of go off and and pick up a full allocation on it straight away expecting to double your money overnight. Um, They're a long way away from sort of producing those receipts which is why you know I'll stay out of this one for Mm -hmm. sure. Definitely sort of a a sell on my radar Um, but look if you're interested, you like the project, um, you think there is uh, a market there over in Cuba for the oil and gas. At least you get a long runway with uh, with Melbourne.
1: Well, clearly management get a good trip to Cuba out of it.
2: Yeah, well, that's exactly right. <laughs> How
1: do I get myself on that
2: board? Yeah. <laughs>
1: but um, in all seriousness, you make a really good point that um, it's so easy sometimes to sell the narrative, to see to sell the story. The blue sky. That's we all it. we all love, as as yeah. our friend Rudy says. A great story, but at the end of the day, it comes down to the numbers, the cash flow, and looking under the hood. And I think, you know, looking at those appendices where they actually have that cash flow burn is a really, really good bit of information for investors to take away. There you go. Fantastic. Okay, let me sum up how we're going so far. And unfortunately, we haven't had any double buys. Uh, stock of the day. We have two holds, but certainly both of our experts, Michael and Brody, would look to add to the position if the market sold off. Uh, just a bit concerned from the macro headwinds at the moment in terms of automotive sales generally, both in Australia and the US, although Australia is still seeing decent volumes coming through. Let's move to our top picks, GQG Partners. It's recently listed, um, but in terms of being attracted to the investment manager space, I'm afraid not a lot of love here. Michael would say sell the stock. He prefers other opportunities in other sectors. Brody, at best, it's a hold, but you know, really you know, not, not a lot of love. You've got a company that has attracted um, funds from Australian super, um, super funds, but they're based in the US. So there are other opportunities out there. Looking at the second stock, index, uh, Brody. maybe a small allocation to this one. It's got a bit of momentum in terms of demand for its services, looking quite good with the explorers, but they are very sensitive to an ongoing defi- decline in cash flow. So keep an eye on that one, you know, a buy at the moment, but really watch it closely. Michael, on the other hand, um, feels like no, it's 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 a hold at best. Is that right, Michael? Um, yeah. for
0: index, yeah.
1: Yeah, index a hold at best, and you'd probably look at some of the miners over this stock. If we go through to Leo Lithium, um, so Michael prefers producers, Alcom, Pilbara. So basically a hold slash sell into strength on this one. Brody as well, a sell uh, and rotate into something like Pilbara in the lithium space. Lots of explorers, but really you want to look towards the producers. And then Magnus Technologies, looking at that one. Uh, Michael is a a sell and avoid really we're looking at too much blue sky here Uh, Brody as well like you know really we're at the beginning they've got an off take agreement with Tesla but they're still buying the land they've still got to deliver on everything they've said so a sell on that one and Melbana energy now apart from uh, management getting a trip to uh, Cuba which is very tongue-in-cheek as I say that um, Michael sees this as a sell you want to avoid the loss makers and Brody a sell as well on that one. So I'm afraid we haven't had any double buys today but you never know in our second uh, part of the next five stocks we might find some. But let's move to the portfolio and the call is tracking our own high conviction fund which is picked by our investment committee. The latest episode of the committee meeting is live for you to watch at AusViz.com. So let's check in with the portfolio update. Going into April, New Century was removed, WiseTech was added, weightings of Wes Farmers and Macquarie went up by 2% each, another 1.5% was added to Boss Resources, 7% cash was spent. Let's see how the portfolio is performing. So, fund the, so far, our fund is 10.14% on a cumulative return basis up since inception on March the 1st. So, keep sending in your requests and keep the call switched on to see which stocks our committee will be looking at next. Right, let's move to the next five stocks and we have Vanex Morningstar Wide Most ETF, MOAT ticker code, New Hope Coal, NHC, Neo Metals, Widgie Nickel. Oh, guys, we're going back down, back down <laughs> that hole again, and uh Pact, PGH. So let's move on to the Widemote ETF, which I checked out, it's actually, you know, it's doing okay. Michael, yeah. this is this something that you would pop in the portfolio? No. No. Oh, okay. No, look,
0: it, uh, <laughs> this one, it, it, it has done pretty well and I was surprised. Um, no, I wouldn't because I, you know, I prefer to pick the individual stocks, but um, but look, when I went to first look into this, I, I was pretty biased coming into it thinking, oh, here we go. Another no. one of these themed ETFs, um, which which I just think are, are atrocious. And um, it just comes back to your earlier point about everyone loves a story. There's, I think there's too many of these themed ETFs, which mm. is, well, if you believe in food production, buy this one. If you believe in cybersecurity, buy that. If you believe in, you know, the future, metal, Space something, race. just whatever, <laughs> whatever, you know, fancy terms you want to throw in. And they just... There's too many stocks, they just don't do what they're expected to do, the fees are high, the performance is atrocious. Um, too many of those out there, I, I just think that, um, you know, we've gone too far, my personal opinion, with some of these ETFs. So but this
1: has actually performed well, yeah, so, it's a, so it's a different kettle of fish. I, I haven't actually looked at the stocks in there, but my guess would mm. be they're probably some of the big tech companies. and you know, Berkshire Hathaway. So it's kind of, maybe you're kind of like buying the S&P 500, I suspect.
0: Yeah, look, I was, I was pleasantly surprised with this one, to be honest. I mean, I, you know, it's based on um, Morningstar research on mm. companies that, that have a you know, a moat, they've got a particular advantage. Um, look, there are look, there are 49 holdings, which is a large number, but the fees are okay. 0.49% um, is mm-hmm. the yearly fee. Um, but at the end of the day it comes back to performance and this one has been performing it's actually outperformed um, the S&P 500 yeah. so if you're in the market for one of these type of ETFs I mean this one's doing well um, yeah I'd buy it if I was in that market but you know obviously with what I do with clients I'm, I'm looking just for individual stocks um, but I think for the sake of for the sake of the show, if you're in that market, then I'd say, yeah, Moat's are, are buy. It's, it's, it's got the track record.
1: Okay. We've had a buy, but that might be our, our second.
2: Big pressure. Yeah, big uh, pressure, Brody. Yeah, it's an interesting one, it, it depends. Do you like the Morningstar analysts? Um, because it is exactly <laughs> like we say, it, it does structure a little bit like a fund uh, with those sort of 40 different holdings. I mean, yeah, very heavy in, in US tech exposure. So I think around thirty percent of it is U.S. tech, like you Meta, Salesforce, Microsoft. So you know that's why it's performed really quite well over the past couple of years. It's also performed quite well over the past couple of months because obviously we've had those bond yields come back down. You know that's always going to be good for those tech names as well. So look, large scale companies they should do okay long term. If we do get a pullback, they've got a little bit of a moat around them. So look, I don't mind it because um, it has returned you know, quite well and no one can deny that, I guess. Um, One that we've been playing Mm -hmm. for further exposure in the space is being FANG. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's obviously way more targeted. It was for a shorter period of time when those bond yields started to come back down. So I don't know if I'm going off and and buying something like Moat, I'd rather do a shorter, sharper sort of trade, thematic trade on something like a FANG, for example. Um, But look, not everyone invests the same. So if you are a passive investor, I'm pretty happy to hold on to that one. It's probably not a buy at these levels because we've just had that sort of yeah. tech rally already yeah. come through. Um, so I'd love to put that label on it mm-hmm. for the sake of the show. But yeah, probably not quite at these levels. I'd be uh, waiting for a pullback if that's what you're looking at.
1: Absolutely. And uh, as per usual with these ETFs, I don't know what you think, Brody, but I always think it's really important to understand what stocks. in the ETF so you know what exposure. That's
2: exactly right yeah Yeah. so obviously very heavy in that that US tech so that's always something you're going to have to be careful of you know if we ever get any spikes of inflation that's going to push the bond yields higher that's going to push something like this ETF down right so um, just keep that in mind it is very heavy tech.
1: Right okay next stock well, the coal stocks were very very much in favor for quite a while but they have been subjected to quite a lot of profit taking and new hope corporation which is uh, phil has asked us about is our next one so i might throw it to you Brody. do you like new hope if you like coal stocks at all
2: yeah i think at these levels absolutely oh, um oh. so Look, I think people can at least appreciate for the next few years and onwards, um, their use, right? Mm -hmm. We're getting uh, a big direction towards the EV thematic, of which we've talked a lot about today. Um, You know, the infrastructure for that in the first place is going to be built on the back of, you know, things like coal. So, unfortunately, um, you know, it it is the, uh, the unfortunate truth, realistically. So... You know, I think the question with New Hope and, and Whitehaven, you know, we'll chuck them both in the, the same basket, is where does the coal price realistically settle? You know, we had that crazy run up in price. It's it's probably come back down. I think it's trading around the 135 range at the moment. Seems to be sort of settling at that range. But OK, uh, if we're looking at New Hope, you look at the numbers of the business, pretty hard to deny that they look pretty good. Um, P ratio of about three. Um, I think it's forward P ratios only around about six, seven range. Mm. Huge dividend. I'm afraid you just missed it. Um, lowest cost producer in Australia and they're also high quality. Um, they got about, I think it's a touch over a billion dollars in cash. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they've just paid off all their debt over the past couple of years just because the rise in price as well. So the only sort of problem, right, is that the stock has performed so well that it's gone from this one dollar range mm. to this seven dollar range mm-hmm. if you get that sort of movement over a year or two period there's going to be a lot of people that are very deep in the money mm. um there is going to be this sort of consolidation realistically and no surprises that it has consolidated a little bit the coal price has come back down you know people were looking to sort of sell out or chop out some of their allocation as well but all in all, I think it's had a bit of that consolidation. Um, so I'm probably happy to go out and sort of buy a half allocation at these levels. Um, I don't think it's one that I'm going to lose too much sleep of overnight. Um, yeah, like I said, unfortunately, just missed the dividend. Another option mm-hmm. um, is obviously sole pats as mm. well. So, you know, that's that hasn't had the same run up. It's actually had quite the opposite effect over the past two years. It's sort of come down in price it's so had a really nice run recently, um, but that'll provide you a lot of indirect exposure to, to New Hope. They obviously own around about sort of 40% of New Hope Corporation as well. So. Look, two options there for you. Um, either one, or I'm probably pretty comfortable to buy a sort of a half allocation at, at these levels And just well.
1: remind me quickly, what else is... Because Solpats has also got Brickworks, is that Brickworks right? Brickworks yeah. as
2: well. They're diversified the investment house. Yeah, well, that's where it, where it started off.
1: Yeah. Realistically, yeah, and now it's,
2: it's almost turned into sort of a bit of a it's actually long uh, asset term. manager. It's,
1: it's been quite a good performer. Mind you, it did Absolutely. dip earlier on. Yeah, yeah look, it's it's... Yeah. been a favourite for some of the, as uh, some people like to term it, the boomers.
2: It's conservative <laughs> and they're increasing their dividends on a year-on-year basis yeah. as well. So, okay. look, it's a good name and, yeah, you're going to be playing some of that indirect exposure. Um, okay, that's New a good Hope point.
1: Well, so. Okay, great. Michael?
2: Mm. Um, obviously,
0: yeah, coal prices have come back over the last six months, but it, to me, it looks like they're, they're stabilising and... Mm. And the way New Hope's trading, Whitehaven's trading, it looks like those share prices are ready to head higher again as well. Um, despite um, you know there's there's you know, quite a bit of negativity now that's that's come into that that sector. I think there's there's a place for coal for a while yet. Um, you know, unfortunately, we're burning our bridges before we build new ones when it comes to to energy supply. Um, and I agree with uh, Brodie's earlier point in terms of you need coal to. Um, to, to fuel the next sort of boom in EVs and, and so on. I mean, when it comes to renewable energy, it's so capital intensive to get these things up and going. You need cheap money, which we don't have anymore, and you need a lot of energy. So the, I think it's a myth that high energy prices will cause us to make more wind farms and all these sorts of things, because at the end of the day, you really need lower energy prices to make these things happen to get them off the ground it needs to otherwise it's just too expensive because the maths doesn't stack up to mm-hmm. yeah you, you build all these wind farms in the middle of the ocean and, and and so on but it's a lot more efficient to get your energy out of gas and and coal so what we really need and i know this isn't the consensus view you really need to get energy prices down so energy is cheap so you could build these things and then once we've got that we can mm. move to that as opposed to just shutting everything else down um, and then hoping it just sort of works itself out so i know it's sort of a bit of a political type type statement but at the end of the day we're going to continue to need coal and as we know there's no investment in new coal mines anymore mm. so companies like new hope are sitting in a position where there's going to be no new competitors it's just them and the few other mm. mines that are out there so when The need comes for for coal there in the box seat as we've seen over the past 12 months. So I think that'll happen again, especially later in the year, I think um, we'll start to be pleasantly surprised that growth is really starting to pick up. We saw the Chinese GDP numbers Mm. a couple of days ago um, and that all flows through to demand for for these assets. So uh, I guess where I'm coming from is, yeah, I think New Hope is a buy here.
1: I think we have a double buy. We did it. Wow, look at that. <laughs> there we go, a double buy on New Hope. So uh, Phil, I hope that's uh, ticking some boxes for you today. Now, I think we have meant to move on just a little bit more swiftly. That's probably my fault because I keep on asking too many questions. Neo Metals is our next uh, stock. Pick from our viewers, uh, NMT, and Brian has been asking about that, battery recycling, vanadium, titanium, $350 million market cap. Brodie?
2: Yeah, interesting one. The three main segments of their business, obviously lithium, titanium, vanadium, as you mentioned. So they're targeting more so the recycling and, and manufacturing part of the business as well. So look, they've got that ESG tailwind <laughs> behind them, um, if you want to put it that way. But, Look, at again, they're, they're loss-making at the moment. So that's a big caveat in this market as well. So look, I mean, if we look at their position, $42 million in cash, no debt at the moment. Um, so at their current cash burn levels, it gives them around a sort of six quarter runway, which isn't too bad. Um, bit of an interesting take on the EV market. It's not for me personally, not in this economic environment. So. Look, it's not too bad. I'd be selling on a rally um, mm-hmm. if that's possible if you're yeah, involved in the actual stock. And if you're not, look, just looking elsewhere, I think there's plenty of uh, other options um, close enough in the space that you could have a look at.
1: Fair enough. What about you, Michael?
2: Um,
0: yeah, to, to keep it quick, it's the same same sort of comments as, as before. So, look, these, these guys don't have debt, but they're not making a profit. Um, they're signing big deals with companies like Mercedes-Benz, but... Um, yeah again at the end of the day just the market doesn't have the appetite for for a loss making business and um, and that's reflected in the share price which is trended downwards from about a dollar 80 ish to you know 60 cents and still seems to be seems seems to be falling so better opportunities elsewhere i'd be happy to sell out of here and move on to something else
1: okay Fair enough, well, yeah, it's tricky at the moment because um, it really is all about cash flow generation, balance sheets and uh, companies producing money. Our next stock is widgie Nickel, uh, picked by Creed, Widgie Nickel, my gosh, um, yes, no, no, I'm not across this one, W-I-N is the ticker code, mm. Michael? Um.
0: So this one's also been struggling as a loss-making as loss, loss making business. Um, I guess one point is the volume traded per day is quite low. Um, it's normally yeah. about sort of sixty seventy thousand dollars 70000 which means if you want to have a go...
1: It's a bit of a lobster pot.
0: Yeah, a couple of grand, yeah, that's a good way to describe <laughs> it. Um, yeah, exactly, when you want to get out and everyone else is heading for the exit. <laughs> Um, I noticed today, before coming into the studio, that it had exceeded that volume today, but on a negative day, which means there's you know, a bit of money trying to <laughs> trying to get out. So look for that, you know, for that reason alone, I wouldn't bother. I mean, just in terms of nickel, yes. Look, the price of nickel's come back over the last um, several months. It, to me, it looks like it's it's stabilised in terms of the nickel price. Um, you know, this talk of and there is quite a bit of supply out there in terms of nickel. I think as a base metal copper is looking much more attractive here because of the very low um, stockpile levels. So nickel not as attractive, but again, I think if we get a global recovery later this year, um, the demand will um, will make up for it later on. Um, i think your best bet if you're trying to play mm. nickel is, is igo of course that's got lithium as well everything seems to have lithium now yeah um even west farmers so um yeah i'd pick i'd pick igo G-I. hands yeah the, okay. hands down compared to this one
1: and you'd be a seller of this one if you could yep. sell yeah, okay. yeah
2: if you could <laughs> yeah, yeah okay
1: um Brody.
2: yeah look i think the nickel market itself is, is pretty interesting like michael just mentioned as well obviously there's that ev application now um So making those batteries more dense, longer driving range. I was reading something uh, interesting the other day that actually Mitsubishi, because they're obviously trying to extend the EV part of their business they've started to look for profitable projects within Australia and Canada. Mm. So they've sort of nailed down these two regions because you know there's less risk, geopolitical risk. Um, usually our, our companies are yeah, a lot better if they're profit making um, in terms of sort of hitting those targets. So they're expanding their footprint. I think they're actually trying to look at getting a hold of one of the materials names either here or there as well. So look, there's a long term use for nickel um, but I wouldn't be playing an exploration company. Um, probably similar if you're looking at IGO, you could maybe have a look at Nickel Mines, for example, right. in this space. But yeah, if you're looking at wind more specifically, 8.7 million cash, two and a half quarters worth of funding. There's probably a cap raise on the horizon. Uh, something interesting as well as going through their report, they have around 12 million unlisted options. Um, attached mm. to the shop, uh, stock as well. So that's usually when they raise capital, mm. they hand out options um, with those. If it hits a certain strike price, then basically, yeah, the company options, people will start to yeah, buy into it, which means further dilution of the shares yeah. without you actually sort of knowing that that's happening, right? So um, yeah, that can create sort of further share dilution and potentially resistance just above the strike price. Because people buy in the, the shares at say, I don't know, 30 cents, for example, um, and then they'll try and sell it out at sort of 31, 32, make that immediate profit as well. So yeah, two couple of risks on that one, probably a little bit too close to requiring more capital. I'm out. Um, but yeah, maybe have a look at Nickel Mines if you're interested nickel in mines Nickel. Mines
1: is an alternative. What's the ticker code for that one? NIC. NIC. Sorry, I should have known that, but now I do. Great, well, let's move on to the last stop, Pact uh, PGH. And uh, once upon a time, this was quite a uh, high flyer. Well, when I say high flyer, I think it was performing quite well, but I think we've had a fall from grace since then. Michael, do you mm. like Pact?
0: I don't. At least we had one buy. For, for
1: the That's share. all right. So, you don't need to. Yeah. It is what it is. <laughs> this is it. This is the last stock. It is and it's what not, it is. It's not going to happen. Exactly. It doesn't matter what
0: Brody says. It's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, look, obviously, we'll keep it short. The, the problem with this business at the moment is the high gearing levels and they cut the dividend to um, get that under control. You don't want high gearing when you have high interest rates. So until they sort all of that out, um, I don't think the share price Will increase, and, and obviously, as a packaging company, you're looking at, um, you know, you've had cost inflation on the way, on the way through as well. So, yeah, quite a few headwinds, um, not not yet resolved. So maybe one to come back to later in the year. So
1: an avoid or yeah, a sell? just an
0: avoid, sell, sell as well.
1: Would you would you be buying Amcor or no, something? You can ask me that. Oh, sorry, um, You can think about it if you want. I know Amcor
0: is pop- one of the well, it's it is a top. It's a top business. Um,
1: Very yeah, different, same, obviously. Yeah,
0: similar. Head, look, if I was to go into that area, it definitely would be Amcor. Um Obviously, they've got got a few cost pressures. Yeah. Um, haven't looked at it too closely recently. I know that has been trending lower for several months. So, as a as a chartist, I'd, I'd wait for that to be over.
1: But yeah.
0: it'd be on the it'd be on the watch list, but not a okay. buy at the moment.
1: Fair enough. That was a bit of a you know left field That's question. Apology,
2: Brodie the most exciting business on the ASX and exactly like Michael said, I think they've just been, you know, it's been on that downgrade cycle, um, underperforming over the past couple of years, their headwinds like the supply chain issues, rising plastic costs, changes to management as well for the business. So, you know, because they're such a low margin business, all these issues, um, you know, really start to affect them, um, mm. squeeze on them as much as possible. I'd don't really see the end of it uh, when i had a look through their report um, they're stating "Look, their revenue was up eight percent but margins fell nine percent their profit fell again 33 percent. they increased that debt like michael mentioned as well and you know annoyingly their guidance was only mildly better than that report they said look we'll probably do around about the same just a little bit better um and there's a lot of things between uh, this report and the next report that could go wrong because they are that low margin business so yeah, look, sell if you're in it at the moment. Avoid if you can. This is the sort of business, right, that it's, uh, well, it's been hammered. It's probably a nice way of putting it over the past year or two. Um, you really don't have to try and sort of pick the bottom necessarily. No. Just wait for another report. And then, you know, if that's not a good report, wait for the next report. Um, you don't need to jump into these businesses, particularly something like this. Yes, it is sort of stable, but it's very low margin. There's a lot of issues in the market. Um, you can look elsewhere, I think. Yeah.
1: It's Not really the environment to be brave, is it? Uh well, in some things, some, in some case, things, yes, yes, maybe not packed. Okay, yeah. let's just run through our last five stocks of the day, and we have VanEx Morningstar Wide Moat ETF. Um, it's been a really good performer, but both are experts. Michael really doesn't invest in this space, but if you had to look at one. It has performed really well. The moats. If you like that Morningstar type of research, then it might be a buy. If that is the type of style investing you do that ticks your box, uh, Brody a hold. But just bearing in mind, always look under the hood, see what the major stocks are. Uh, they Brody has been previously holding Fang as an alternative. But just highlighting that these types of ETFs will move alongside with how the bond market is moving. Then we move on to our second one, and this was very exciting. We had a double buy on New Hope Coal, uh, both Michael and Brodie, thinking that the share prices have been consolidated, they're looking cheap, uh, good um, basically yield at this point in time, and coal is not going anywhere. So the double buy of the day on New Hope. Neo Metals, the battery recycling. Um, unfortunately, Michael, a sell on that one. Uh, Brody citing some ESG tailwinds possibly, but also a sell into the rally and an avoid. Going on to Widgie Nickel, ticker code WIN, WIN, sorry, no winning on this one today. Uh, really, both our guests preferring to go with companies that have cash flow, have strength in their balance sheet, and not just explorers. So a sell from Brody with a preference for nickel mines, ticker code NIC, and Michael also a sell and would prefer IGO lithium slash nickel exposure there. And the final one, packed. Unfortunately, yet again, we have quite a high risk stock in the terms of low margin business. They've had a lot of headwinds lately. Um, when I, Paul Michael, I pushed him on the spot, so apologies about that one. Um, it basically, did have Amcor on wash list as an alternative, but basically, an avoid sell from Michael on Pact and Brody. No, a sell as well. But nevertheless, I think we've had a great show. I'd like to thank both my guests today. Thank you very much, Michael. Thank you, Brody. We got a double buy, which is always a good way to finish the call on the Thursday. Thank you for joining me.